um, yeah, just uh, to be able to sort of look at the market and look at what you get for certain value on the dollar. You know, I had convinced myself as naive as this thought is that choosing a comparison should be a little bit easier these days. Really, only comparing CPU models and GPU models and how much RAM you want to include in the system because pretty much everything else is standard you know except for what your storage uh, wants are because like you know some some systems only come with uh, SSD or M2 ch chip SSD with or without an additional hard drive to sort of mm -hmm. what's the word um, <laughs> it's gonna be a long podcast if you can't think of fucking Yeah, words. fuck, no kidding. Uh, you know, to supplement uh, the drive space that you get on the SSD. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm looking at what Memory Express sells, and I'm looking at what Best Buy is selling, and I'm looking at various brand name systems, and I'm looking at some of the collect packages that they've thrown together, and I'm going, hmm, that actually seems like an okay deal. You go looking for a review on a particular like no Lenovo package or whatever that looks like it's pretty decent value for the money. And then somebody on Reddit just tears it to shreds mm -hmm. by saying they put the worst possible fucking RAM in that system that you could get. And I'm thinking, but it's it's DDR5 at, you know, 4800. And I guess that's not all there is to it. Oh, there's definitely not. But the moment Jesus you start getting, Christ. well, now, because it used to be like when the thresholds were so much lower and the requirements were so much lower, even though we didn't know that they were lower. Right. Like we only had to pass, you know, a yeah. hundred million zeros. And we're being sold supercharged engines and all we needed was a fucking naturally aspirated motor. Exactly. Yeah. And now, but the, the tolerances are so tiny. Yeah for performance right. that it does matter if you care right because it always comes down to how much do you care how much do you really but the thing give is you know well yeah but i mean you want to try to put together the best possible combination of hardware for the least amount of money if you can help it but but and you I don't want to yes like, knowing what i know about cpus and buses and ram mm -hmm. and ram speed and, 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 mm -hmm. and GPUs and all the work that they can do on behalf of the CPU or instead of the CPU. You know, there are people out there who go, you know, don't worry too much about which CPU you're getting because it's the GPU that's going to be doing most of the work anyway. Yep. Uh, I've even seen people go so far as to say, fuck i7, don't even bother. Just get the latest generation i5. You save yourself anywhere from 150 to 200 bucks right there. Right. Um, and then just focus on the the graphics card. But again, that's such a ridiculous don't, statement. Don't go crazy. Don't get a 3090 because that's just throwing burning money. Right. Don't even bother with a 3080. Even a 3070 is neg negligibly better than a 3060 Ti, supposedly. 
So they were arguing a 3060 Ti matched with the latest generation i5 processor is all you need for pretty much anything that's out there. Yeah. And if you were to upscale to an i7, the latest i7, Mm -hmm. you would not notice the difference. Yet. Today. Right. Right. And there, you know, and therein lies the thing. It's how future-proof is your system. How future-proof do you want to make your purchase? Exactly. And the adage always was, is you buy as big as you can afford. Right. Always was. And you know what? Still. Fuck it. Still do it. If you think you're going to be playing games in eight years, spend all the money you have on a supercomputer, and it will last you those eight years. Yes. You know, you buy an i5 with a 3060 Ti, you're playing games for four years. It's it's such a... Like, it's worse than buying a fucking car. If you're going to go this deep, you should look how the game is processed, what it offloads to GPU... Right. To CPU when it does. Right. How it does. Right. Like, if you're going to go, fucking go. It's right. not like you're going to all this... Like, you're building this computer for those games. So fucking, like, to play those games. Right. So find build out the it game for those games. Right. And then you'll know if you need an i5 or an i7. Yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff that the GPU will do. But in a game like that, it's going to have the CPU do a lot of work. Right, because yeah, it's because it's and if the game says it needs twelve cores, data. then yeah. give it twelve cores, or be ready for a performance hit. Right, right. Like you might get some real nice polygons on your airplane, but if your CPU can't uh, process like information in the distance, uh, like not render, but yeah. just information yeah. in the distance, is yeah. what your CPU is probably going mm-hmm. to do. But that's cool. That's that's fun. That's fun to do that. And right now Whoa. it's just exploratory. Sure, absolutely. Because I'm not buying a system right now. Right. I am going to try to put it off as long as I can. In two weeks you will have a new system. By Christmas I'll have it. No, it's fucking, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's, not, that's a long maybe, way. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I bet you have maybe. I bet you have you, before Yeah, you think so? So, Fuck yeah. So here you have it. already started. Here you have it, folks. You've already started. Adam figures I'll have it. Before the end of summer, and I'm saying by Christmas, right. or or maybe next year. <laughs> no way. And he's, he's going, forget it. No way. Forget You've it. already started. You're looking, you're you're drooling. Yeah, man. You're walking through the red light district. Yeah. You ain't leaving. Oh, this is a good deal. Oh, wow. Gee, a sale? Wow. wow. I better what? do that. Half off. Whoa. What? Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> that'll be fun. The machine I'm looking at right now retails for twenty seven. Oh, fucking beans and wieners. That's a lot of money. I know. Ah. But again, that's the machine that'll last another seven, eight years. You know? I won't have to worry about it for a long time. Just like I haven't had to worry about this thing for a long time. Like my wife even said, what are you doing with the old machine when you finally get around to buying the new one? She goes, can I have it? And I go... Mm. Yeah, you can, but your desk is only so big. <laughs> that thing is a monster. And she's like, it's okay. All right. We'll see. <laughs> when I slam that thing up there on the uh, edge of your desk, you're going to go, holy Jesus. Right. Fucking thing's huge. Yep. Epis- We're at episode 27, man. Episode 27. And Adam said last week or last time that he was going to be editing this one i won't be what 
changed your mind? It was a passing fancy. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I just... Because I was really looking forward to seeing how your edit would turn I out. I want to, like I said when we were talking about the topic for this one, that I've just been enthralled <clears throat> in a book series, so there's been right. nothing. I have ideas on what I want to do with edits, Yeah. but it requires quite a bit of work. Right. But I'm not... Just don't have time for that shit. I just don't want to do it. Nobody got time anymore. for that shit. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I do, though, apparently. You do. <laughs> Fucking shopping for computers and not editing playing until your next video weekend. games. And this, this, this episode's going to be late. Yeah. <laughs> late as in Sunday. As in, like, Sunday. Sunday <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'd like to. I have oh. ideas. I have a number of ideas. That's probably the part of the problem. I had a lot of things I'd like to try. By the way, in case you forgot what this podcast is called, or you're just joining us for the first time, we... <laughs> no, I, you know what? Uh, no, don't be surprised what. if that's actually what's happening, because oh. a lot of people, when they try a podcast out for the first time, they, if they're smart and they know anything at all about podcasts, they never start with episode one. Because episode one, two, three, five are always kind of shaky. Everybody's still getting a feel for stuff. They're getting into the groove. They're figuring shit out. Right. So new listeners are probably listening to... That isn't what I was laughing at. Oh, okay. I was laughing at new listeners. Oh, yeah. right. No, I don't anticipate No, No any. such thing? No? I wouldn't think so. Oh, okay. I don't think we have a very big market reach. Don't have uh, friends telling friends, telling more friends? No. No, I, I, I don't. Don't well, there's that. a challenge if I ever heard one. Anyway, welcome to episode 27 of... So you're in a, you're in a big reading, uh, like you're just reading. submerged? Yeah. I'm in a new book already, but uh, I don't know. My story will be shorter, so should I go first? If you want to. Okay, I'd like to. Okay. I'm, I'm reading... I'm just going to look over here. <laughs> um, I am reading... Um, I am reading a new... Uh, it's, it's a series um, by Mary Robinette Kowal. And it's... Uh, the, this book that I'm reading right now is called The Calculating Stars, a lady astronaut book. Uh, there's three or four in the series. It's obviously fiction. Lady astronaut. Yeah, yeah, no. And and not only that, it's alternative history. Broads. It's alternative history fiction. Uh-huh. Set in the 50s. Whoa. And uh, I can't, the premise is another one that intrigued me, which is why I wanted to give the at least the first book a shot. Mm -hmm. Because it, it supposes that in 1952, a giant fucking meteorite slams into the east coast of the U.S. Okay. and creates an, a mass extinction uh, probability mm -hmm. because it crashed into the ocean just off the coast sure. and threw up so much water into the atmosphere that yes, the dust created a nuclear winter for a, f a couple of years, mm -hmm. but it didn't last anywhere near as long as they thought it would, and they finally came to the realization that all that extra water in the atmosphere was going to 
uh, create a runaway greenhouse effect to the point that at, at some point Earth would no longer be habitable. Okay. So they knew that the only way to solve the problem was to get our ass off Earth. And this was in a time period preceding when we actually found a way to leave Earth because all of the racist and sexist baggage that existed in the 50s is still part of that alternate timeline. There were all these women uh, wasp pilots from World War II that thought, well, we, we've got what it takes to become astronauts, and it actually makes more practical sense. Um, and that's what the story's about. It's about mankind's accelerated getting into space and trying to colonize the moon and then maybe Mars to get there, to get everybody or as many people off Earth as possible. And all of the politics and right. paranoid, delusional um, conspiracy theories that go along with that or would go along with that. And it's made for some interesting reading. Not too hard, um, you know, more about characters and... Mm-hmm. Um, trying to sort of having fun with this idea of we had to get off the planet because of a of a giant disaster that sort of forced our hand all right and uh yeah it's made for some interesting reading so far but i'm i'm waiting for things to get moving now so i'm looking forward to the next book where they're actually off the planet and doing stuff on the moon and stuff so yeah that's neat. Yeah. And you? Um, I started the, <coughs> excuse me, the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Yes, you mentioned that. Yeah. And? Nine books into it. There are nine books. Nine. Wow. Nine in the series. And, and you're and, at? Uh, book seven. Wow. You've been giving her. Yeah. I'm at about 3,500 pages or something like Holy that. Holy shit. Just going. Just going. Yeah. It's, uh. And you're going so quickly because the story's that compelling, or you just don't have anything better to do? So you're just digging in. Tomato, potato. Right. Yeah, it's Bit good. Of both. Like, yeah. I enjoy it, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. Um, it's fun. I like how there... A lot of series are written where um, one ends, and then the second book starts up, and it takes two chapters to, to get, get going. going again. Right. And we'll recaps or shit like that. Right. But every one of these books is like hits the ground running. Right. It's like cool. And you so love it's that. One, well, now yeah. it's one book. Right. It's basically one book. Separated yeah. into nine volumes. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Now, yeah. I know very little about the Dark Tower story arc and character, major character uh, plots. Mm-hmm. Um, how well could you summarize what the Dark Tower series is about. There's a great evil character in it. Am I mistaken? There is. Yeah. So how it really works is basically, I'm not going to say all, but the majority of Stephen King's books take place in this universe. Oh. And they tie in... Some way or another. Yeah. Some deeply, some not so much. So there's references in the Dark Tower to his other stories. Oh, yeah. 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 And vice versa. He does it all the time with his other books. Is that right, eh? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it just comes across as he's sucking his own dick. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This book was really good. 
<laughs> right? Like, shit like that. But anyway, yeah, so it's about... It's about this... I don't even know if you want to call it a character, but this entity known as the Crimson King, which is... Right. One bad dude. Yeah. The bad dude. Yeah. Of all bad dudes. Uh-huh. And what the Dark Tower is about is... The Dark Tower is a thing that maintains the universe. Okay. And uh, the Dark Tower series is that there's something wrong. And if it goes really wrong, all of existence is over, and the Crimson King can rise to then rule eternity. Hmm. And we don't want that. Right. Nobody wants that. Right. So, yeah, the story is about the journey towards the Dark Tower. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh... I hate spoilers so much. So By a young. singular character? Nope. It's okay. A, it's a it's a party. And does everybody kind of have their own agenda? Nope. Okay. Nope. They have their own. There are they are their own characters. Right. Like after six books, uh, like these are fleshed out characters because there's only five of them, mm-hmm. and they pretty much stick together. And they're all trying to save the universe, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. As they discover that's what's happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So at first they don't even realize there's a problem. They discover it along the journey. Yeah. 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 One always wow. knows. One always knew. Right. And then other ones are dragged in. Huh. Like it's fucking, it's, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. And the first few books are, because they were written really oddly in the sense that the first book was written and you could tell... You could tell that he was like, I don't know. <laughs> and when he got to the end, you're like, yeah. Oh, you he didn't tell. realize he was writing a whole series. I don't know. I don't actually know, book. but how That's it, what it, how it like. reads, it's yeah. just like, yeah, I don't know. Huh. Yeah. Um, and it's very different than the other ones. Like, it takes a big turn, like, okay, fine. Right? And then he he, he keeps going. Mm-hmm. And uh, But they were written with like six years in between them mm-hmm. until book five, uh, five, yeah, until book five, when he got hit by a bus. Yeah, I seem to remember this. Yeah, and it almost killed him. Right. So then he wrote he was three like, oh, books. Fuck, I better like, finish this. No, I think it was just because I have the time. Oh, right. Okay. And there's a lot of inspiration from his accident in it. There's a lot of oh, really? his own mortality in it. Huh. And you could see the change yeah. in the writing and shit like that. Hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a wild, it's it's a wild ride. Yeah, it's neat, but it, yeah, it's like one big long book, and that's what I like. Little adventures on each one, and by you know by this point, you're just all in with who these people are, what they've done. You know all about them. Neat. I don't. Yeah, I don't, and I don't even know why I started. I think just because I needed, I wanted a book to read. And I've been really enjoying Stephen King. So I was like, well, I'll try this one. And then I got to the end of the first one called The Gunslinger. Because it's a fantasy western. Hmm. Fantasy horror um, uh, western. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I did too. I was like, "Mm, right, that seems terrible. Um, But it it works. Mm -hmm. It works. Or it doesn't. Like, yeah. It's a uh, it's a good time, it, but it's intense because I just I I can't I can't stop. 
I see I'm on book seven, I think. I'm like sitting in my truck outside. I think I have 20 pages left of, the le- of book six. Um, you do all your reading during the day? No, I, I read at night, but I don't stay up late to oh, read okay. at night. Got it. Like instead of watching TV... You'll read. The two of us read. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, your wife reads too. Mm-hmm. Neat. What kind of stuff does she read? Oh, man. Yeah, she's Anything laughing right now. Yeah. She's laughing right now because it's disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> Romance books. Eh, no, whatever. I'm not done. Whatever. I'm not done talking about. Oh, them. okay. These romance books are. I haven't read them because oh, okay. I've got respect for myself. <laughs> <laughs> but they seem to all. They all are about sports, like jocks, hockey players, right. or right soccer players, or right. Fo- well, maybe not soccer. I don't know. But football athletes. Yeah. 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 Fit men. Big, burly. Big hockey. Yeah. And I don't think my wife really likes hockey, but apparently she wants to fuck a hockey player. <laughs> Vicariously, anyway. Vicariously through a book. Yeah. And, yeah. So. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Whatever floats your boat. Well. Right? Yeah, her boat's floating. You don't have to read it. Thank goodness. Nope, but... Uh, <laughs> Huh. If there was a particularly nasty one, I'd read it for sure. Darlene is into, um, she's fascinated by royalty. Oh, yeah. Of any kind. Okay. Not just British royalty. But British royalty will do. Mm-hmm. She knows a lot about royal history. Mm-hmm. And um, she also likes books about, uh, uh, like, crime mysteries. Real ones or? Either or. Mm-hmm. Either are made up ones or real ones. I would say that if you were to um, evaluate her YouTube history, the majority, <laughs> a significant majority of the videos that she watches are to do with court cases and investigations into uh, real life crimes. That she's fascinated seems to by be that a stuff. phenomenon for women right now. Yeah. It's like a thing. Yeah, yeah, and not. But she's always women, been into that. But thing. like it, like the biggest watch shows on Netflix are all true crime. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, like, oh yeah, it's wild. Like, I know. Yeah, you probably have to watch them. That's right. I will not. That shit's. I and, and I don't watch all of them. Like sometimes, you know, I put my foot down and go, no, that one you watch while you're rowing on the rowing machine or whatever. Yeah, that's great. That can be your background stuff because you know, I don't want my life to be dominated by. These horrible this things. Does. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. I don't have any of Matt Dahmer show is really good. Well, you can go fuck that's, yourself. That's great. Take it easy. Yeah. I'm not watching the. Um, that man ate people. I know. I don't need to watch a show about no. it. Like, he really ate people. Not Having said it. that, though, Hannibal? Yeah, but he didn't He didn't exist. I know. He made that shit right. up. Exactly. That's okay. And it was a great show. Like, the characters were. Intriguing oh, yeah, beyond the. How, what's that? I never saw you it. You never saw it? No. It was really well done. Really well done. The guy is so. The the actor that plays Hannibal in the in the modern TV series uh-huh. is a real sophisticated guy. Like, you know, the movie. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Hoff, or, um, um, Hopkins. Hopkins. Sort of alludes to, you know, 
the kind of person that he is and how classy like he is and sophisticated genius. he is. Yeah, yeah. He's got nothing on the guy that plays the the character in the in the TV series. Um, and it's it's he's so good at what he does. And he's so good at just finding a way to make it fit into everything that's happening mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis that you you actually start rooting for the guy. Right. You know, when some asshole wanders into his sphere of influence, you're just going, come on, come on, eat this guy, come on, you know you can do it. And, you know, you're just kind of like, and you're, th- and you're thinking to yourself, like, what am, what am I what am I doing here? What is wrong with me? <laughs> wrong with me? I'm, I'm cheering for a cannibal for fuck's sake, murdering cannibal. But yeah, it's just how good the story is and how powerful and charismatic the character is. And how broken we are. Yeah. As a society. Sure. Yeah. sure. Let's go, cannibals. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> I, I watched... Um, there's this guy in the UK, he's a virologist, and he's been um, releasing, revealing uh, actual expert studies as they are published Mm -hmm. in the realm of COVID and things to do with COVID. Yeah, you've talked with this dude before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the latest thing that he put online last night kind of made me go, what? Because he basically started out going, okay, so first of all, I'm sorry. I'm going to preface what I'm about to say with I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Because the studies have finally been analyzed and reanalyzed and double-checked and triple-checked. There is no evidence, it turns out, whatsoever that masks stop you from catching anything. H1N1, flu, SARS, COVID, you name it, you're still going to get it. And it doesn't even matter what type of mask. Surgical, N95, no supporting evidence that it's stopping people from getting sick who wore it. Hmm. And they said... the. The way he presented the data and the way he kept apologizing for the fact that he was presenting the data. And and I totally get it, right? Because we were being told that it was a bona fide, you know, logical, known thing to help you stay healthy. Turns out they were wrong. They were wrong. Their conclusions were flawed and they were not based on evidence. They were based on best information that they had available to them at the time. Mm -hmm. No one had ever bothered to do a full, you know, unbiased, random trials. Numbering over 90 and involving over 600,000 people over those 90 randomized trials over the years, not just to do with COVID. they, They were studying... Uh, whether it stopped SARS, whether it stopped H1N1, whether it stopped the traditional uh, yearly influenza virus. And it turns out, nope. So what all the people were thinking, remember how while we were all isolated from each other during the pandemic, 
influenza rates plummeted to almost nothing. It turns out it, it, it had nothing to do with the fact that we were wearing masks when we did go out. It had to do with the fact that we were staying away from each other physically. That's what kept us healthy. And now we're at the point in the endemic, because it's not a pandemic anymore, where the vaccine can help keep your immune system alert to COVID variants, but none of the vaccines will actually stop you at this point from catching the current and about to be new variants right. that are going to eventually supplant the current variants. Right. The, the discussion from them or the advice from them is it's not whether you will get it, it's when you will get it. Right. And don't feel bad when you do because so long as you don't have any underlying health conditions that COVID would put you at severe risk of lingering effect. And that's another thing. Um, the people have been starting to have some really intelligent discussions uh, with, you know, no political motivations behind the discussions about were the people who were afraid of the vaccine onto something when they didn't want to take it right. because they didn't trust that they were being given all the facts. Mm. And it turns out, well, they weren't. Well, of course. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and now the people who know what they know now and aren't afraid to, or, or, you know, aren't going to sugarcoat the facts with something you want to hear are basically saying it's too bad that from the beginning we didn't just tell people, look, there's a risk at catching the virus. The risk diminishes with each new variant, as it turns out, because the new variant just tends to, because of how viruses evolve, become more contagious but less dangerous mm -hmm. with each new one. Because that's how viruses work. Right. Viruses don't want survive. to kill you. They want you to survive. Yep. Um, the only people that are dying from it are the people who, you know, were going to be dying from something uh, respiratory related or, or um, uh, something that does what, it, what that virus does to our systems. Because the long COVID, they're still trying to figure out what the deal is on long COVID because of all the different weird ass symptoms that it's doing to people. Right. Uh, you know, it started with the loss of smell and taste, and I got to experience that because I don't know if I brought that up, but yeah, loss of sweet taste for like three or four months fucking blew my mind. I was like, no, no, <laughs> this better not be permanent. Oh my God, yeah. And then, you know, now they're starting to uh, see evidence that uh, uh, neurological uh, side effects and <clears throat> So they said, you know, if you want the straight goods, the argument now is, does the vaccine have some potential risks? Uh, yep, sure does. Uh, is it a higher risk than, um, could you get seriously ill from contracting the virus? Mm, not so much anymore. So in the beginning, you were probably taking a lesser risk getting the vaccine now you're probably going with the lesser risk if you just allow yourself to get 
the damn virus. Because getting sick with the current variants of COVID will supposedly, based on today's information, which is always changing, protect you for at least six to nine months from getting sick again. It goes, oh, uh, it, I recognize that motherfucker. Get it. Done. You're not going to get sick from it again until it evolves so much right. that the body doesn't recognize it anymore. So at this point, you know, I think they're basically saying, without actually coming out and saying it, which is too bad, this is basically like the yearly guess, guessing game that we play with influenza. Right. Because nine times out of ten, the influenza shot that you get won't match the variant that actually shows up at your front door that winter. But the fact that you had the shot gives the immune system a little bit more awareness mm -hmm. of the existence of the influenza virus. Yep. And, you know, sort of has it a little bit more on its toes when you finally do contract it, that it can, you know, react that much quicker. Right. More so than if you didn't get the shot at all. But even if you didn't get the shot at all, what's the worst that can happen? Well, if you're really not healthy, it could kill you. Uh, and if you're really healthy and you've got a really strong immune system and you don't have any underlying things that could be affected by contracting influenza, then you'll be fine. You're going to be sick for 48 to 72 hours and then you're going to look back on it and go, that wasn't so bad. I got three days off work. Woohoo. With my head in the toilet. Yeah. I don't know when the last time you had the flu was, but there's no woo-hoos after it. <laughs> yeah, well, for what it's worth, I contracted H1N1 once. Yeah. With with Darlene. She got it first, and then she gave it to me. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I have never been that sick in my life or since. It was brutal. Brutal. Like, my body just found, just decided, yeah. Uh, let's everything inside get rid of it. Yeah, everything inside <laughs> in every outside. in every direction possible. Yeah. Oh, did you just open your mouth? Well, you're gonna regret that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> Now's Better our run. Better run. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, think I see man. light. Go. It was. Yeah, fucking flu, and H1N1 terrify me. Yeah. If I get them, they're nuts. If I get them, yeah, it can go real bad. Right. Right. Real bad for yeah. me. I've had a number of diabetic friends that have ended up in a hospital after having the flu. Right. Because of what it does to the system. No. You can't keep food down, so you have a low blood sugar, and you right. can't bring it and up. Right. And there's nothing you can do to bring it up. And Except IV in the hospital. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. And it's bad. It's terrifying. So, yeah, that revelation kind of blew my mind. Masks. They may make you feel good, but they're not actually doing fuck all, turns out. And what's interesting about that is that even though the study came out a couple of days ago, it is not front page news on the major media. And it probably never will be either. In fact, some, I'm noticing that some news outlets, like the, you know what I mean, the outlier um, magazines and whatnot, mm -hmm. are already starting to try to pick holes in the study. Right. And I'm well, thinking... nobody well, wants it to be true. Right. And, and I'm like, okay, so understandably you're going to try to pick holes in the study, but they've been trying to pick holes in the study since they got the results of the study, and 
That's why it took so long to come out, is because they kept looking at the results going, no, this, this can't be. This doesn't make any sense. How could it be no different than people who didn't wear masks at all? That's just, that's impossible. But that's what the evidence says. And every truck driver is cheering. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> but, you know, and it's the same thing with when they were talking about um, it's too bad that they uh, weren't a little bit more transparent about um, the vaccines and whether, you know, it would be in your best interest to get one or not. They said they felt re they, the people they felt the sorriest for were the people who, you know, put their foot down and said, look, I just don't feel comfortable with this. I'm not being given enough information to make me confident that this is a risk-free proposition. Mm -hmm. Because I keep hearing these stories of people having effects from it. And you guys are just trying to go, no, 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 no. That's just ignore that. That's just, you know. That's in the minority, and they just weren't being forthright about the, the real, you know, facts, they, because they just, Yeah, you know. it's, it's funny, because you, because, <clears throat> I'm not going to poke holes in it, because mm. I, I can't, but just, I, I wouldn't feel bad for the people that put their foot down, because I still think that... Back then, at mm -hmm. the beginning, mm -hmm. when it was killing people, yes. that the risks to not only yourself were lower to get the vaccine, yes. but also to the people around you. Because you, you're not going to get it, you're, or you are going to get it, and it's just going to be diminished, and you won't have to go to the hospital, you won't take up rooms, because vaccines are not, the hospitals were full. So all the people that didn't get them, and the vaccine does do something. It's yeah. not like it's not like the masks. No, but like, and you see here's the transparency the thing, is the transparency is like like I guess They're, they should have like I guess they should have been more. But the vaccine was still incredibly important. The thing that I discovered just through talking to, I made sure not to only listen to people who felt the same way about the vaccine that I did. Right. Which was, I'm like, yeah, sure, just just give it to me already, okay? In fact, why are you making me wait for it, for right. fuck's sake? Just give it to me now. Don't make me wait. I want it now. I tried to make sure that I wasn't surrounding myself with people who agreed with my point of view. I wanted to see what other people were thinking and saying, and I wanted to get some insight as to why they felt the way that they did. Right. And I wanted to hear from the experts why they thought people felt the way they did against the vaccine, etc. Yep. And it turns out that there's this, there is this, and it still kind of exists, although it seems to have sort of subsided somewhat, at least in the topic of COVID. People, there are now a lot more people who don't actually trust experts as much as we used to. Just because you're, you know, a doctor, even, you know, even as a patient, we don't, we don't give our doctors as much credence as we used to. We second guess their diagnoses. We do our own research. If we hear and see enough of a dissenting opinion against what your doctor is telling you, 
a lot more people are challenging what their doctors are telling them. So that kind of mindset kind of existed even into the realm of COVID and what you should be doing to protect yourself because there were enough people who had themselves convinced that COVID wasn't that big of a deal that there were people in the goddamn hospital sick with COVID telling the medical people around them, caring for them, it's not COVID. I don't have COVID. This is just a really bad flu. You guys are trying to make me think that I have COVID, right. but I know I don't have COVID. And then, you know, d depending on the person, 48 hours later, they're fucking dead. Or they've got long COVID and, you know, suffering for many, many months with a symptom that they wouldn't have necessarily had to endure had they not got sick, which maybe would have happened had they just taken the goddamn vaccine in the first place. Or they left the hospital and went and told on their family that they were right and it wasn't that big. Right. Deal. Yes. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right, that's, yeah, that's even, that, that, that that's, makes it even worse because then it's like, ha-ha, they all thought I had COVID and it was going to kill me. Well, here I am. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and considering the fact that human beings are masters at finding a way to make evidence that would seem to contradict their belief, and their reality, find a way to twist it and massage it to make it fit their reality and their belief. It just, it's mind boggling. Mm -hmm. It's mind boggling. And it, it, it fat, during the whole thing, it fascinated me to hear and see what people were saying and had themselves convinced of. And at the same time, knowing full well that you can't know whether or not X is going to solve the problem or Y is going to solve the problem. Because there were a lot of people even that were saying, you know what, don't worry too much about the vaccine because the worst that could happen is more people will get sick sooner and will build herd immunity like what happened in Europe where you know uh, I think it was Sweden that decided yeah fuck it uh, do you don't want the vaccine fucking okay by us uh, just you know be smart uh, try to maintain physical distance and if a bunch more of us get sick uh, soon um, great, because we'll have a country full of people that are immune to the virus and, and that'll prevent it from spreading anymore. And if it can't spread, it, it can't evolve. And if it can't evolve, it dies. And of course, the only thing that they weren't considering with that strategy is the effect of other people coming to Sweden and people from Sweden going to other parts of the world and going back again would have on that strategy, yeah, which is it kind of fucked it up. It's a horrible strategy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it did build herd immunity. Great. And it did keep numbers down for a while. Yeah, until Sven until came it back from, yes, from Washington. Yes, exactly. And oh, now the whole Same thing would happen fucked. with New Zealand. Yep. New Zealand kept it in check by preventing anybody from visiting there. Mm -hmm. And then they didn't. And then, and it, then it all went to shit. <laughs> So when it comes right down to it, you know, it was the physical distancing that kept us all from fucking 
I always had my suspicions about Dying the masks. From it. And mostly it was because of my facial hair. And I was like, I'm wearing this mask. And it's Is not it, doing... Yeah, right, yeah. And it's, it's not, not sealing here. No, no. Even if it was saving people's lives, it's not. It's just not. So... No. no. I think, yeah, the masks, you know, made people act safer. Yes. Right? Like, there was a... And to a there point, was a probably feel safer. Absolutely. Well, yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. But there was a placebo effect, and, uh... And, uh... Oh, what is it? What is that called? Anyway. Yeah, the... Just behaving more... Um, responsibly. Responsibly. Yeah. You're wearing masks, you are responsible, so you're gonna keep distant. You're gonna... You have a higher chance of keeping distant. Because you go into co-op... And everybody's wearing a mask except for that one person. Right. And everyone who's wearing a mask is, you know, keeping six feet apart. But that guy who's not wearing a mask is strutting down the aisle. Yes. Coughing. Right. Right, because he's a fucking dick. Or he's got the mask on, but it's only covering it's from only... his bottom lip down. Right. right. He's breathing through his nose and his mouth right. into the open air and just using the mask as like right. a fucking right. a chin strap. Yeah. The biggest problem with... And human beings are stupid. Like, I don't know if I ever told you. I got COVID mm -hmm. once. Yeah, I know. And, like, I mean, I've only got myself to blame. And now, jeez, I've got so many shots in me, I've lost count of how many I've got. I think yeah. I'm on four. I think I'm on four as well. And I'm, I'm, I'm due for the fifth one. But at this point in time, I'm not even sure whether it's going to do anything. Because the newest variants are just so mild now and so prevalent that, you know, even if I did get the fifth shot, I'm probably going to get it anyway, sooner or later. If I don't get this variant, I'll get the next one or the one after that. The only thing that's really saving me from getting sick is the fact that I'm not a fucking party animal and I don't go out every night and socialize with people. I go to work. I maybe teach a person in my classroom. We're no closer than you and I are right now, usually farther, and that's it. I'm on my own all day, every day, and then I come home. And she doesn't work, so the exposure is minimal, to say the least. And I ruin it for you, because my exposure is massive. But... And you I know, I don't go around. <laughs> we don't share glassware or utensils. No, but I, I, I breathe a lot of air. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rub it on a blanket. <laughs> Just remember, that's where Darlene sits while she watches TV, so... <laughs> as long as either one of you get it. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. All I have to do is give it to one of you. <laughs> By the way, you're probably uh, asking yourself at this point, yeah, don't seem to have recalled uh, them saying what the topic of this episode was going to be. That's because there ain't none. Well, we'll c we're going to name this episode The Chinwag, as Adam so eloquently put it. Or... Or, or or the uh, episode where... March Madness? Carl tells us about his experience with COVID again. Did I do it once already? Jesus Christ, On the yes. Podcast? <laughs> hey, I'm in my 60s. Leave me the fuck Holy alone. Holy fuck, yes, <laughs> we did. 
Notice how he didn't stop me. No, no, because... Because yeah. he's got nothing. It's like he's got stopping an old man to pee. You just gotta be careful. <laughs> no, it's painful. You gotta let it go, or it's yeah, all it's over painful, his man. leg and maybe uh, yours. You ever no, tried to right. stop peeing in the middle of a really heavy? Yes. Full bladder. Yes, of course. It's not fun. Well, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't call it fun, but it's not like it's <laughs> squeeze your muscles, old man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, we can go lower than this. We're not done yet. That's pretty low. I guess we do butthole stuff. We could. Hey, Carl, do you want to do butt stuff with me? No, um, not so really. So I've been going... Uh, scratching my hair. Okay. I <laughs> went to... Because I sit around all the time, as what I do, I do good at it. Uh, I got a, my one of my ribs, the last rib... On the right side, it's oh, sort of geez. out of place. I am so happy that he said rib, because I thought he was going somewhere else, considering what we just got finished talking about well, I could tell 30 about seconds ago. But carry on. If you want me to. Ribs, yep. Ribs, baby back. Rib. Um, I rib out, and it hurts to breathe, to move, to talk, to dance, all the things. And it lasted for a long time. I've had it before and then it went away, blah, blah, blah. But this one was persistent. And one of the dads at my daughter's preschool, I knew was a chiropractor. And I was just fed up. And I'm like, this, like, fix this. Somebody's got, I went to a massage therapist and she actually exacerbated the problem. And I was like, oh, okay. Anyway, so I spoke to him. And I said, I'd like to come in for you to snap my bones, please. And he's like, yeah, I'd, I'd love you to come in. But I got to tell you, I do, I do things a little bit differently. And I'm like, okay, well, this is promising. Good. <laughs> I do things a little different. Awesome. Um, it's, like, it's like talking to a girl. I'm, I'm not like other girls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he is a chiropractor, but he studies a form of chiropractic called, <clears throat> I think it's called NUCA. It's an acronym, I think. But anyway, so you go to a regular snip-snap chiropractor and they'll, you know, twist your neck and crack it or your hips and yeah. your spine. And, they you manipulate know. your spine. Right. They do yeah. whatever they do, right? Yeah. Now, this is based around... Two vertebrae in your neck. Your first and your second vertebrae in your neck. And the thought is, is that if they're out of alignment... Everything is. Fucking everything is. Right. So, I went in and he did some measurements first. And he's like, yep, you're all fucked up. Like, everything's... I got a big twist in my shoulders. My hips are, like, twisted and misaligned. And my head tilts to the left all the time. And I have vertigo. And uh, I've had vertigo for like seven years. Anyway, so the first session was just to see if uh, I would be a candidate. And he knew I would be because when I asked him, can I come see you? He's like, I was waiting for you to ask because mm -hmm. I can notice every time you get out of your truck. Yeah, it looks like you're 75 because I hobble. And mm -hmm. anyway, <laughs> so set up a second appointment. And the second appointment is two hours long. Mm. And he does x-rays. 
Hmm. So he does five x-rays um, up different angles of the head and neck. Mm-hmm. And then he does some fandangled uh, calculations to determine what angle these vertebrae need to be at for you to be neutral, right? So, and then he come, he works all that out and you lay down on your side and he adjusts just those two vertebrae. There's no cracking, nothing. He just does his thing. Then you get up and you go take a couple more x-rays to see how it went. Mm-hmm. Come back. He's like, okay, we need to do a little bit more. And bap, 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 does a couple more. Does a couple more measurements and takes another set of x-rays. He's like, okay, I'm not going to go any further today. Because we've moved it for, like, we've got it down, like, 80%. Like, I was, like, uh, my shoulders were twisted six degrees off center. And he got me down to two or something like that. Like, a big change. And, uh, and immediately, uh, both of my sit bones were sitting on the, the table. And, because they weren't before, because my hips were misaligned. And um, the muscles on my spine, on either side of my spine, were firing when only my right side was. Like, he would push into the left side of my spine, and it was just like jello. And the other side was like a stone. And he did this, and he's like, feel that? Feel that? They're the same now. And I was like, wild. And same thing with my neck. Hmm. He touched a couple spots, and they were the same. And anyway, so I went home, and we were... We were... Excited but cautious about the vertigo because the vertigo fucks with my life. Mm-hmm. Like I can't do a lot of things because of it. Anyway, after a week or so, I decided to test it. Like, because I can, I can induce vertigo. I can just mm. do something and whoop, off I go. Mm. I'm off to spin down. <clears throat> I have a constant state of like sort of a quiver sort of shake I'm always on the precipice of it going bad always always it never stops and I have adapted tricks to catch it if I catch it just as it starts to spin I can forego it being debilitating for a day or a week or longer because if I let if it goes and I get like two twists, because what happens in my vision is it's like when you've had too much to drink and you get the your, the bed spins when it goes tick 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 tick. You know how it spins? You remember those days? I don't. Oh, I don't. But oh. that's fine. Oh, cool. Just because I can't identify. Okay, that. you're right. So the world spins, sort of half spins, and um, doesn't stop. If I can catch it, then it doesn't do that. And I just feel a little funny. So, um, by the end of the first week, I was being careful, but I was being very aware of how I felt. And I felt different. The sort of jiggle was still mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. but when I would lay down in bed, it wouldn't go, because it goes every time I lay down in bed. Mm. It didn't go... And then by the end of the, like I say, by the end of the week, I decided to be like, all right, let's see if you're gone. And it was. Wow. Yeah. I couldn't make myself spin. I 
couldn't make huh? myself spin. And I cried a whole bunch, and because it's incredible. Yeah. Like it's a huge deal. Yeah. My back still hurts. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, he's like, and because I see him three days a week when he drops his kid off, and he's like, I didn't want to ask, but how, how's it going? And I was like, I think it's going very well. And he's like, just temper your expectations. Because how your body functions is it's had a big change, a big change, and it's... Readjusting itself to the new alignment? Yeah. Yeah, it's called a... I can't remember what he called it. Healing something. But initially your body is really stoked on all these changes. This is a fucking horrible way to explain it. Anthropomorphizing Mm -hmm. muscles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But at about week... Three, it will hard go back because of reasons, whatever they are. So I went back to him on, I had a follow-up check um, last week and things were still pretty good. He did a bit of an adjustment because it went back a little. And then after that, Three days after that adjustment, the shaking started, and the dizzy started, mm. and the, I could feel my shoulders twist mm. over over a couple days. Mm-hmm. And I went in on Thursday, and I said, it's back. And he's like, yeah, right on time. It's like about the third week. It'll do that. It's like, it's just what it does. So we'll adjust you again, and... Um, so he adjusted me again, and it is less, like, it's less, but it's still there. Like, that That would be over. I'd be done if I did that. <laughs> hmm. It's still, it, it's like, when I do that, my vision starts to go like this, like it's ready to go. Hmm. And sometimes it'll stop, but this is just a little jiggle. Yeah, that's... So I've better. never had vertigo before. Is it like the dizziness that you get? After you've been spinning and spinning and spinning around and then you stop? Yeah. And that feeling never subsides. It just continues. Until it subsides. Yeah. Yeah. But it takes a long time. It can. Right. um, Because like I say, I've had it for seven years. So at the very beginning, when it first happened to me, I didn't go to work for six weeks. Jeez. I couldn't because it didn't stop for four weeks. Holy crap. Just didn't stop spinning for four weeks. It was re- it was Jesus. the worst experience of my life. And there's no treatment for that. There is. So the there are it's probably worse than the problem. Well, <laughs> there are two kinds of vertigo generally. Mm-hmm. Um, not always, because some vertigo is triggered by migraines or trauma or tumors, shit like that. But my neighbor apparently gets vertigo from driving. Oh yeah, like car sickness and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's a vestibular problem. Mm-hmm. So there are two kinds uh, of vertigo that are, are caused by, like, uh, a balance sense. Yeah. First Inner one ear is disorders. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Um, vestibular is the one with and it has to do with crystals in the fluid inside of your inner ear. Right. They come on dislodged mm-hmm. 
and you're done. Yep. Like the brain just can't make sense of what's right. Going it on. doesn't know what up is anymore. Yeah. So it tries to figure it out, and it can't, and right. it does it by spinning. Yeah. <clears throat> so the treatment for that is is like there are physiotherapists that specialize in it, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a thing called a, an Epley maneuver, which is, um, it's an incredible it's an incredible thing. It's very specific movements you do to get the crystals to slosh back into the channel that it's supposed to go. Mm. And it fucking works every time hmm. for people who have a crystal that problem, vestibular yeah. problem. Right. So when I first started to go, or when I first had it, I went to go see it. Uh, physiotherapist and we did all these exercises and he's like yeah, you got it and we're going to do the Epley maneuver and it didn't do anything but he just he just chalked it up to maybe they're really bad like maybe it's really bad okay like I don't like it was seven years ago yeah but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a flippant disregard it was just like okay we're gonna try we'll do it again in a week and I, and I kept going back, and um, like I said, it was going for four weeks, and as I started to get better, because at some point I started to adapt, and I figured out a way to make the spinning sort of s- stop or slow down to the point where I could function, and it was alcohol. I drank booze. I had like three drinks, and because of... That's how I explained it is the bed spins mm-hmm. is that I was sober and I was having bed spins. So because I was a party animal drinker, I recognized this feeling, but it was always associated with some level of inebriation. So I started to have drinks to bring on that feeling of inebriation and the, and the spinning slowed down. Didn't stop, but it slowed down and it calmed me and it like it made me feel better uh-huh. until the point where the spinning stopped. Then I went to the... I'm still going to the physiotherapist because I'm still like afraid this is going to happen. And we do the Epley maneuver and I get really fucking dizzy. Like really dizzy again. And um, my suspicions are is that he actually knocked the crystals out at that point. Hmm. So now I've got this sort of latent dizziness and now the crystals are all fucked up. Because um, by this point, the Epley Maneuver should have solved the dizziness problem and it didn't. But did the Epley Maneuver again, uh, uh, like a week later, and it stopped, so the crystals went back. But there's always just this buzz. And no one could figure it out. So I just went on with my life, sort of, this jiggle all the time and just praying that it doesn't go off. Every once in a while I would trigger it, not knowing how or why, and mm-hmm. I'd be I'd be a mess for a week. Until I adapted, like I said, movements that mm-hmm. I learned to catch it. Mm-hmm. If I turn my head to the left, when it starts to spin, mm-hmm. it stops. Hmm. Or if I push all the blood in my head to the front of my head, like like if you squeeze your face and mm-hmm. push it, mm-hmm. or maybe it's pushing the blood back, but you, I can hear the blood rushing past my ears, stops it too. Wild. Yeah, and I just picked these up because I had to figure something out. Anyway, 
So the crystal one is the vestibular one, and I never heard of a second one. So I just started to live my life thinking that maybe it was muscle tension or shit like that. Like just yanking on my vestibular system and just fucking me up. And I was just like, well, I guess this is my life. Till it's not. And then I saw him and he told me about this second one. And it has everything to... It has all the exact same symptoms. And it has to do with a nerve point at the base of your skull that gets fucked up because of these vertebrae that get out of alignment. Because it mm -hmm. twists your head and your neck a little funny and squishes it or fucks it up, moves it or whatever, or rubs against it. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, snapping those back has uh, made it a lot better. At this point, it's a lot better. Two weeks ago, it was gone. So um, I'm hopeful that that it's, it's better. I'm going to get the terminology all wrong, but that's only because, you know, I've never had to repeat the story uh, more than once. Um, and never got my boss to tell me what's that thing called again that is doesn't that's degenerating on you it's a genetic degenerative spine uh, problem but uh, in his case what it is is whatever it is that uh, insulates the vertebrae from each other down your spinal column mm -hmm. He has a genetic disorder where they dis they disintegrate okay. over time. Right. And as they disintegrate over time, they don't hold the vertebrae apart from each other the way they're supposed to. And it ends up pinching on the nerves that go down the spinal column. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think he said it's somewhere around the fourth or fifth vertebrae just below the neck between the shoulder blades um, that's causing him the most difficulty and because of the nerves that it affects that it's pinching on it's actually creating paralysis and numbness in uh, and, and severe pain in all of the extremities starting with the arms and the hands. So um, it gets to the point where um, uh, he's in pain all the time. He can't sit up for extended periods of time. Uh, when he was at his worst, uh, which would have been just before Christmas, um, he couldn't drive anymore, and he wasn't coming to work anymore either. Or he did, and it would only last like an hour or two, and he would have to leave again. And... Um, Surgery again, because they've already done it once a few years ago, uh, is inevitable. But in the meantime, the doctor uh, wanted to try um, a shot to um, an anti-inflammatory shot. Mm -hmm. Like a steroid or something. Yeah, or okay. something. And uh, it gave him instant relief, instant relief. The problem with whatever this shot is, is that you're not supposed to have more than so many of these within a certain period of time, because then it starts attacking the bone, yeah. which just makes the shit even worse. Yeah. But in the meantime, if and when they ever agree to book him for another surgery, 
what they're basically going to do is they're going to um, they're going to make the passages that the nerves go through bigger so that they're not pinched upon even as whatever it is that's degenerating continues to degenerate, causing the vertebrae to compress against each other. Um, but again, it only offers temporary relief because even after the surgery, you're going to feel great for nine months, 18 months, and then it'll start to wear off again. And worse, it's going to start working its way down your spine. And now it won't just be your arms and your hands that are numb or paralyzed or in pain, in severe pain. It'll be yeah. your legs, your feet, your hips. Right. So, yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> he's made it clear that um, anything wrong with your spine <laughs> that affects your nervous, you know, your, your nerve, your uh, bundle that goes through your... Um, your spine, you're fucked. Yeah, it's bad news. You are fucked. Yeah, it's bad news. Poor guy. Yeah. I wonder if spinal decompression would be. Because they got those weird tables that you can invert yourself on. Uh huh. And they decompress your back because you're strapped in like I think at the hips oh, yeah. and the feet. Right. And it, you flip basically the upside down. Pulls and everything it apart. Pulls you apart. Right. Yeah. People swear by them. Uh huh. Swear by them. Interesting. Yeah. But as soon as you're off the table... They recompress. Right. But, but it's not right away. Don't know. Right. Well, for... Le- for Yeah. But, um, yeah. Poor guy. So, I know. So we got the shot in... I want to say late January. Early February. Yeah. And he's still walking. Yeah. Good. But... Uh, I haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks. I haven't noticed anything, like he's not laboring or anything. He doesn't move around like he's stiff or stiffer. So I'll have to talk to him the next time that I see him and see whether it's uh, degenerating, the, whether the, the, the reoccurrence of the stiffness and the pain is accelerating again or whether it's just coming on really slowly. But... Um, <laughs> And unfortunately, his surgeon is retiring, so he's afraid that by the time he's ready to, to go and saying, okay, like, that's it, let's do it, his surgeon will be like, yeah, no, I'm not doing it anymore. This is my last month. I'm not doing it. Oh, and there's a risk of paralysis every time you go under the knife for this. Of course, the diddle in the spine. Yeah. 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 25% risk. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. One in four usually suffer paralysis as a result of the surgery. So he's kind of freaking. But his surgeon is the only one in Alberta that has never had a paralysis event from the surgery. Mm. So that's why he wants the guy to just fucking do it, get it over with. Right. <laughs> Rather than have to be passed on to some other schmo. Who maybe paralyzes his patients two times out of four. <laughs> you know, like, you know, oh, sorry. Get sorry, a little dude. stabby sorry, there, dude. doctor. Sorry, dude. <laughs> I have good news. 
And not so good news. <laughs> good news is you're not going to be feeling it for quite a while. The bad news is you're not going to be feeling fuck all for quite a while. And when, by quite a while, I mean forever. Ever. Enjoy your new wheelchair. Enjoy with a straw. your new life. Lacking in pain and also pretty feeling. much anything else. <laughs> feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note. <laughs> <laughs> I got this really cool rash that I have no fucking idea what it is. It's from deodorant. You think so? Well, if it's there, yeah, it's absolutely what it is. You'd go to a natural one. I used, to, I got them too. But it just came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's not like I changed brands or nothing. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just dryness. I thought it was maybe the soap I was using because I was using like the, you know, the purest... Um, raw soap that you can buy you know the square shit no nope, so, but I understand what you're saying it's like soap soap it's not, not like fucking oh soap 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 with lotions and additives and moisturizers added to it it's right. soap soap it's soap soap it's pure soap pure soap that's soap 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 uh, and I was thinking that maybe that was drying out my skin right so I switched to uh, you know a more not soap yeah you know the kind that has uh, like dove that has moisturizers and shit mixed so. in so that it, you don't get dried out as much. Haven't noticed this uh, change yet, but then it's only been a few days. I had the same problem and I switched to like Tom's yeah. deodorant and mm -hmm. it was changed instantly. Like night and day. Instantly. Huh. And I used the same deodorant for since I was fucking until a teacher phoned my mom and said that I smelled. The thing is, it's not. It's not where I apply it. It's in the area surrounding mm, yeah, mine where too. I apply it. Was it was huge. It was a huge really? circle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Oh, because you do this. It right. rubs everywhere. Right. It doesn't stay it where you spreads. put it. Yeah. 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 Sweaty, flabby bodies. Spreads. So, um, thank you, uh, everybody, for tuning in to episode 27. I hope you found it um, interesting. So we shared all of our medical expertise, expertise and um, adventures, <laughs> adventures in vertigo and rashes. But I got a lot of butthole stories that I could tell next time. Stay tuned next episode when Adam talks about butt stuff. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have added that part. <laughs> <laughs> what, the oh, yeah part? Yeah. Well, you know, you gotta. If, if you can't, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you up. can't seem like you're excited Listen, about my the topic yourself, any why the up. fuck is anybody else gonna Pretty tune in? Pretty marvelous. Unbelievable. Do, 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 do. You were listening to. you tell your COVID story again simply so I could at the end be like fucking why don't you tell your sure COVID story again, again asshole <laughs> <laughs> told it like the exact same way really? oh man it was like a